Blog Talk Radio. With your host, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Pad kid, poured curd, pulled cold. 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 Pad kid, poured cold. We're losing listeners. That's the trickiest tongue twister ever. They say. Pad kid, poured curd, pulled cold. Pad kid, poured curd, pulled cold. Pad kid, poured curd, pulled cold. Pad kid, poured, curd, pulled, you try it, Mike. Try it. Try it, Mike. Forget try it. it. There's Pad no, there's kid, no freaking curd, way. Pulled, cold. I've got it. My, my. Pad kid, poured, curd, pulled, cold. Pad kid, poured, curd, pulled, cold. Pad kid, poured, curd, pulled, cold. <laughs> uh, you got to try to say it ten times fast. They say it's impossible to say it accurately ten times fast. Uh, okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special Week 14 episode of Red vs. Blue Friday Night Football, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, as always joined by the Big Blue co-host himself from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mikey, uh, pad kid, poured curd, pull cold. you got to say it. Come on, give it a try. I'm not, no, I'm not going to do it, Scott. There's no freaking way. <laughs> had had, had, had but, too uh, many today, huh? Okay. All right. Yeah, no, no, that, that's not it. But uh, there's no way I'm going to go through all that. Uh, no Pet way. I, I did that when I was eight. Pet kid. Uh, I, I couldn't do it. I, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. But uh, you know what? It's uh, it's great to be with you, Scott. Uh, great to be with the uh, entire Red versus Blue community. Uh, looking forward to seeing uh, a lot of people in the chat room and uh, a lot of folks uh, getting on there. And we're going to have a great time, great show. Uh, it's week 14, man, you know, and uh, – you know, it's the first week of the playoff uh, for a lot of folks, and uh, just a, just a lot of good stuff happening in the uh, 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 world of fantasy football. This show brought to you by FFToolbox.com began providing free fantasy sports information in 1997. Yeah. Winner of the 2012 Most Accurate Draft Ranking. If you have a question for the show or a question for Mike or myself, you can hit up the Red Blue Radio inbox, redblueradio at gmail.com, on Twitter at Red Blue Radio, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Red Blue Radio. Head on over to Facebook and you'll find our poll fan question of the day. This is the week 14 fan question. It's a good one. 
It's a good one. Uh, who would you rather have the rest of the way, Alshon Jeffrey or Josh Gordon? Two big names from last week, Alshon Jeffrey or Josh Gordon. The Week 14 fan question brought to you by our good friends at DynastyLeagueFootball.com, the industry-leading source for Dynasty and Keeper fantasy football information, strategy, and conversation. You want to know where Alshon Jeffrey ranks in Dynasty? How about Zach Stacy? Head over to DLF.com and take a deeper dive into the world of Dynasty football. Mike, you ever go to DLF? You ever go to DynastyLeagueFootball.com? I have. I have. It's good stuff. Absolutely. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, it's real good stuff. It, it is good stuff. Good-looking chat room tonight. The crew here, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. Brothers Mayhem, Cocktails and Dreams, Fantasy Assassins, Henry Muto, IPS Driver, Urinal Mint. Thank you for being here. And uh, we're going uh, to have a lot of information pouring at you as fast as I can probably speak it. And we also have Kurt Kikis, half, one half of Coyote Assassins. Everybody knows that name if you have been in the high-stakes world for a while. I'm going to link everybody to the championship leaderboards. We're going to talk about the leaders in the Fantasy Football World Championship and in Rotable and the Dynasty Football World Championship. Lots of good stuff going on there. Somebody's going to win $150,000. Somebody's going to be the second-ever Fantasy Football World Champion. Uh, this is exciting stuff, man. It's a great time. We we started it off last night with the Texans and the Jaguars, and these Jags are on a little bit of a roll. I know you were working. I hope you got a chance to tape the game or watch the replay, Mike. Yeah. Uh, but the yeah. Jags are on a little bit of a roll, and I had MJD. Uh, I used him in almost all of my DraftKings lineups for Thursday. So uh, he had a good game, 14 carries, 103 yards, added a chipped in a couple of uh, catches for 20 yards, didn't get that touchdown, but he got to that magic 100-yard mark, which is very huge for DraftKings. You get that three-point bonus. That's huge. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he did, and, Scott. And, you know, honestly, uh, I didn't uh, take the game. I didn't need to because I felt like he was going to have a real big game. I honestly thought that he would uh, – I, I thought he would see the end zone, uh, but didn't. But – he still had a really nice game. Uh, the other, the other player that is going to be very significant in the uh, in the main event, Ronald Bowe, Dynasty, uh, what have you, was Andre Johnson. I mean, that guy went off, and uh, you know, I mean, when you, when you get twenty four fantasy points out of a wide receiver, you take that and run any day of the week, especially when you're starting somebody that from the Houston Texans. Oh God, Are, is everybody else? Can you tell me in the chat room if you're hearing phone issues for Mike, or is that on my end? Uh, because he, 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 just, he just broke up again. Uh, if, if if somebody can confirm in the chat room, yep, yep, they're, they're oh, saying it, Mike. Sorry, oh, oh, crap, oh, crap. You hear me you don't, Brandenburg, Kentucky, the best cell service in the world. Uh, look, this is, uh, this is um, a game – Two teams actually heading in opposite directions right now because the Jaguars, as bad as Henny is, and he's terrible, uh, he, he is awful because uh, Cecil Shorts, I started him pretty much everywhere. Only six targets, two catches, did get the touchdown. Mercedes well, Lewis was getting involved. Yeah, I, you, Nobody can hear you, Mike. Ace Sanders, six targets, three <laughs> catches on the day, but he did have the touchdown pass. Uh, that was pretty cool to see that going on. A. Sanders looks quick out there, man. He looks quick. And it looks like if, if something's wrong with MJD, Jordan Todman might have a nice opportunity to contribute. He, he didn't, uh, he, he got a little bit of work in there. Denard Robinson might get some work. So at first I thought that A. Sanders had kind of, uh, 
ascended past Mike Brown on the depth chart, but they were going to Brown in the red zone. He had more targets. He had more snaps. Uh, so that's a little tricky situation for the Jaguars. On the other side of the ball, Mike, there's no team that misses their starting running back more uh, than the Houston Texans. I mean, you can blame it on Kubiak all you want. He should be fired. I, I kind of feel bad for the kid or, or for the guy for getting fired, especially after being out with the uh, the heart ailment. Uh, then they can him like that. But, look, this team misses Arian Foster. He did so much for this team. He was so dangerous back there when he was healthy. Uh, but it is good to see Andre Johnson owners yeah. get rewarded. 13 receptions, 154 yards. And Garrett Graham owners, if you were – I talked to a couple of high-stakes players. One uh, right before the hangout yesterday, uh, Nelson Sosa, he was asking me, Garrett Graham or Jordan Cameron? I, I didn't really have a beat on that man, but uh, hopefully he started Garrett Graham eight for seventy three and a touchdown. You have to be happy with that. Yeah, and you know what, uh, Mitchell Bowers, uh, well, if, if there's any left, uh, they got to be gone. Uh, Aaron Foster, they're missing him tremendously, and I'm real surprised that Houston uh, pulled the trigger uh, on Kubiak. Um, Right now, I really am because I mean I know they're going through a ten year or a ten game losing streak, but uh, you know you just kind of just want to wade through the waters and see what happens. But uh, it's a tough situation in Houston. But uh, Garrett Graham absolutely looked great, and uh, they just need a running game. I had a sensation, the little fan tuition there right before the game about Ben Tate. I was a little worried about him. I started to pull him out of my DraftKings lineups before the game. I kid you not. I was in there, and I'm trying to get into my lineups, and I'm pulling him out on my tablet. I'm just I'm sitting in the chair ready to go. You know, I had a sloppy Joe over here, and I'm eating, and I, and I'm, I sit it down because I had this intuition about Ben Tate not pr- producing this week, and I went in there, and I started switching him out and pulling him out of all the lineups as fast as I could until it locked me out. And then, sure enough, man, that you got to trust your gut. 14 carries, 53 yards. And, he, and, you know, you, he kind of got off to a decent start. You kind of thought that maybe the second half he would get things going, but he never did, and the, the offense never got him involved. I mean, they could have even given the ball to Dennis Johnson for all I cared at that point because the team just looked so bad. Uh, they, it was just such a mess of a game, man. Re- really, really I mean, crazy. I, they didn't I, use the backfield. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see the uh, entire game. How did they score 20 points? How did that happen? Uh, well, it was uh, it was a little bit of uh, across the board. You had uh, Garrett Graham got his touchdown. Keyshawn Martin, Keyshawn Martin got his touchdown, and a couple of field goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah by Bullock. Crazy. So, uh, but yeah, they it does sound like Case Keenum is now back to being the starter. Mike, do you think the Houston Texans ought to spend that draft pick on Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, there's going to be a lot of people looking at Bridgewater. Uh, he, you know, I mean. He elevated his status last night by the silly throw that he threw. It might seem like silly, but, I mean, he was on his butt getting getting torn down and threw it sideways on a dime in the corner of the end zone, and it was a beautiful throw. There's going to be a lot of – there's going to be a lot of teams that are uh, – they're going after Bridgewater. They've got to. And whether it's Houston uh, – uh, Jacksonville, there, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to uh, airborne this guy because he's going to be the number one quarterback taken. I'm convinced now. We're going to play a little game real quick for the chat room and the listeners at home on Twitter. Who's the number one running back PPR over the last five weeks? Who's the number one running back PPR over the last five weeks? Hashtag don't Google it. Guess. 
who's the number one running back PPR over the last five weeks. So we've already got a couple of guesses. Uh, we have DeMarco Murray. We have Chris Johnson. We have Reggie Bush. Mike, you think any of those are the right answer? Uh, DeMarco Murray would be one of mine. Hmm. I, think DeMarco, yeah. I think DeMarco has a chance to be the best running back the rest of the way. He has looked fantastic, and he has a very good, uh, some good matchups coming up. But, no, that's not the right answer. Uh, the two that are right – actually, it's a tie for first. Adrian Peterson is tied with this player, and number, th- number three, which is actually – He's tied for, I guess, second, but it's, I guess his third is Chris Johnson. But the, the number one player has still not been revealed. Uh, the number one running back over the last five weeks. Uh, IPS driver in the chat room nailed it. There it is. IPS driver, Anita Jag. I think it was Rashad Jennings. Correct. We have a correct answer. That's the winning answer uh, for, the, for the fan game there. That's pretty cool. Uh, look, Kirk Kikis is going to be our guest. Yeah, must, big game for Rashad Jennings. Must day, uh, turkey day touchdowns. Uh, okay, Mike. So, look, we've uh, let me run through the news real quick before we get to our guest, Kirk Kikis, one half of Coyote Assassins. I'm just going to run, run through the um, – uh, the uh, the notes for the day. Uh, these are the uh, issues that have, uh, that are going around the NFL. We'll run through these real quick. Kembrell Tompkins limited in practice. He is questionable. Aaron Dobson is out. Rashad Jennings practiced at, in a limited basis. He has the early game on Sundays, but he is questionable. We will we won't know uh, until Sunday, but you will know before the game uh, before your other lineup decisions. Kansas City tight end Anthony Pisano is out. He scored three straight games, and now he is out. So I guess McGrath gets the start there. Nothing, uh, nothing to see there. Denarius Moore is out, uh, the wide receiver for Oakland. So Andre Holmes gets another start. Nice sleeper candidate, especially for DraftKings. Uh, and uh, let's see, Daniel Thomas, the running back for Miami. Daniel Thomas, the running back for Miami. I thought he was out for the year. He's not done for the year. He's questionable. That puts a little snag in the whole Lamar Miller plan that I had. Uh, so Daniel Thomas is questionable, not done for the year. We'll see if he gets to go against the Steelers. Very tough matchup regardless, uh, but it makes me feel a little bad about Lamar Miller. Uh, Carson Palmer, Arians called him a game-time decision with that elbow injury. He's limited, throwing short passes in practice. He's got the bum arm. You've got to move him down your draft board there or your, uh, your start board uh, in your rankings. Uh, Minnesota, Adrian Peterson is questionable, but I think he'll be fine. Kyle Rudolph is still out, and John Carlson gets the start. Julius Thomas, good news, full practice on Thursday, full practice on Friday. He's 100%, Mike, and that means he's a top-five tight end again. Le'Veon Bell, good to see him, full week of practice. Uh, gets a good matchup against the 25th run D against Miami. Aaron Rodgers ruled out out again for week 14 but it does sound like they're going to get him back for 15 mike if they can win this game if they don't win this game they're out there might not be a reason for rogers to come back but uh, he is ruled out for week 14 matt flynn gets another start we'll talk about him delaney walker is questionable with a concussion he does have one more test to go and he may be able to be activated but it's not looking good anytime you have this uh, type of thing going on and this is just a dream uh, this situation with Fitzpatrick and Delaney going on for the rest of the way, we're going to talk about that and how good that is. Jordan Reed is questionable, did not practice on Wednesday, limited Thursday and Friday. It's a 1 o'clock game on Sunday, so be looking forward to uh, the Jordan Reed discussion uh, on Sunday. Hopefully you'll know. Pitta, reasonable chance to play, uh, Jim Harbaugh said. Uh, that's looking up in the air. You, he would be on a limited snap count. 
against the Lions and the Pats the next two weeks, so it would be nice to see him out there. I think I was listening to BFD the other day, and uh, I think Lou was saying that uh, if, if Pitt is in there, man, you gotta he, he should be good to go since yeah. he's been healthy for a while here. And then finally, uh, we've got a couple more. D'Angelo Williams, probable, will start against the Saints on Sunday night. Stewart is also probable. Jason Campbell gets the start uh, in Cleveland. Reggie Bush returns. He looks good. Michael Floyd in Arizona declared himself 85 to 90 percent. He's good to go. Andre Ellington looks like he is back to his old self. He's expected to play. Uh, that puts a dent in the Mendenhall plans, but I love Andre Ellington. Okay, Mike, that's the rundown uh, for the news this week. Let's bring in Kurt Kikis uh, while we still can. Kurt Kikis, uh, one half of Coyote Assassins. Hopefully you can hear us, and hopefully your reception's a whole lot better than Mike's. What's going on, Kurt? <laughs> Well, I'm the better-looking half, I'll tell you that much. Well, everybody um, can see that. they got the picture right there, man. They see the photo of your smiling face. What's going on, my man? Uh, nothing much. Just enjoying Friday night, uh, family night here in Los Angeles. Uh, we're watching Starship Troopers tonight. Well, glad I could interrupt that go. action. That's, that's, a bloody, that's a bloody movie, man. Yeah, it's a bloody movie, exactly. That's why now, the teenagers like it. How old do you think my kids have to be? They're six and eight. You think they can handle it? Uh, probably give them another six, seven months. Six or seven months. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I've been waiting for that. Uh, Kurt Keek is longtime veteran in the high stakes world. Uh, you've been on the show before, Kurt, uh, but welcome back uh, sure, here to Red vs. Blue. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself real quick, where you're from, a little bit of something. Uh, you also have a pretty interesting job that people might want to hear about. Sure. Uh, well, I live out here in Los Angeles, California with my wife and two kids. Um, been doing fantasy football since, oh gosh, I think 1986, 87. And to make the money to, to buy the teams, I'm a forensic psychologist. Just retired from the California State Prison System after 10 years. I have a private practice where I evaluate children for learning disabilities. And um, in my spare time, I evaluate contestants for reality TV shows, and I'm on site for certain shows, so when people get eliminated, we can help them put the pieces back together. <clears throat> and one of those interesting oh. shows, Mike, Mike, uh, or go ahead and tell Mike what, what's one of the more popular shows that uh, you do that for. Yeah, um, Health Kitchen. We just uh, finished filming our 14th season, um, so it's been a very popular show, and I also do MasterChef uh, for the adults and MasterChef Junior. Uh, all of those are Gordon Ramsay shows. And that, that, that's pretty cool, Kurt. And, uh, you know, just uh, to think that uh, you, you spend all that time with the kids and, uh, and do a lot of stuff, uh, you know, is that forensic, uh, forensic, what is it again? Forensic psychology is basically the interface of law and psychology. Um, and with the pediatric practice I have, I specialize in uh, special education law and evaluation. So if there's a child with special needs, who may not be getting serviced as they should according to federal law within the school system, uh, either the school districts or private attorneys can call me in to be the expert and do an evaluation and make my recommendations. <clears throat> wow, that's pretty awesome. I mean, uh, you know, I, <laughs> there's so many, uh, so many needs out there, and you're, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're getting to those needs, and that, that's pretty awesome, Kurt. Uh, uh, do the people at work uh, – do they know that you uh, play fantasy football, or uh, is it just kind of a hidden thing? No, no, I'm out of the closet on that one. So, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, the folks in my practice have known for years, and it's every once in a while someone will kind of say, so, how are your teams? And I know that they really don't mean it. They're just being nice. <laughs> 
And then I'll say something like, oh, yeah, well, I won $30,000 last year. And then that gets their attention. <laughs> they stop and say, yeah. hey, wait, how, how did you do that? So, uh, yeah. So it's, 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 a, it's a well-known fact, but um, no one at the practice shares my enthusiasm. Yeah, exactly. Since we have uh, the psychoanalyst here in the chair here on Red versus Blue, I've got you in my office. I want, I'm going to ask you, what do you think about more, sex or fantasy football? Um, yes, for both. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, uh, back to football. You guys dominated Kurt Kikis and Mike Santos, the Coyote Assassins. Mm-hmm. Dominated a league in the FFWC and won $10,000. I was talking to Alex at the FFPC today, and he said the opinions vary on uh, what to do with those league prizes. What do you think about the 10K of the 12-5 possibly going to just one team? Should we spread the wealth around a little bit? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of like that. Um, obviously, I play in a lot of formats, and uh, other formats don't have that philosophy. Um, and there's been years where I was the top point getter and uh, the best record, and I d- didn't really reap the benefits of both. And there were other years when I was uh, like the second points guy, but was paid as the top points guy because the best record, you know, had also had the top points. So, but this year, having having taken down both of those in one league and being able to be recognized financially for that, that's that's a good feeling. That's a very good feeling. Well, yeah, congratulations, Kurt. Thanks. Yep. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, that no, big yeah. check is coming. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you keep doing uh, keep doing what you're doing, Kurt. And uh, one thing that I do want to ask you is, uh, what do you think of the uh, 11 man starting lineup? Uh, there's a lot there's a lot out there. There's been some a uh, lot of debate, but uh, I just want to get your intake on that. Well, you know what? I love it. Um, one, um, it allows you to use a lot of the studs you have on your bench that in some other formats are just sitting there from week to week. Um, I like that, and I just think it uh, it allows you, I think, to to have a little more creativity in how you create your team um, with the two running backs, three receivers, and the two um, two flex spots there. You know, if right. you're a receiver fanatic, then you load up there. If you prefer the old school method of loading up a running backs, you can do that. It just it uh, it allows you, I think, some creative flexibility. And so far, I'm enjoying it. Well, something We're that I found out real quick, Kurt, is that, uh, you know, I thought that maybe it might get too watered down. It, it doesn't get watered down at all. I no. mean, do, do you feel the same way? Yeah, pretty much so. Um, you know, the other thing I, I enjoyed about it, it's kind of a lifesaver at times, because there's been a couple times this year where I, I put up a goose egg with one of my players, and that uh, right. you know, that other player picked it up and, you know, still won, uh, you know, won the head-to-head and got a ton of points, so... Uh, it allows for a little more forgiving format when you have that uh, unfortunate goose egg. Yeah. We're talking with Kurt Keek, his long, high, a long-time high-stakes player. We're going to pick his brain about the Week 14 action, but before we do, we want you to know uh, a little bit about him so you know it's advice you can trust. Uh, Kurt, how did you first hear about high-stakes fantasy football? Well, geez, 100 years ago when we were drafting out of a bar down by Dodger Stadium, <laughs> um, back in the days of magazines, I saw an ad for the old um, Wyckoff, and that was my introduction. And at that point, um, could not afford to buy a whole team myself. So I partnered up with my buddy from the local bar, R.J. Fox, who you guys know. Um, R.J. and I, um, I think the first couple of years we were out there, we won a, won a league and then bought one team each. And then next thing we know, we had two main events each and three or four draft experts and that was how the journey began, but um, it started off with uh, 
two, two guys without the cash to do it, pulling it together and uh, sharing a hotel room. It's quite an experience. And, uh, you know, honestly, I've I got to ask you, uh, Kurt, what, what year was that? Oh, Lori, that was year one of the Wyckoff. Um, God, I'm blanking. Was that 2001 or something like that? 2001? Yeah, 2000, okay. 2002, oh. 2003, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So uh, somehow, uh, you know, or another, you ended up uh, going in partners with Mike Santos. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, a young young dairy farmer from uh, California as well. And uh, how did uh, how did that happen, and how does the uh, partnership work with him? Well, how did that happen? Um, Mike and I, I think, if memory serves correct, we uh, met online. It sounds kind of creepy. But we met online at um, Mock Draft Central. So we uh, hmm. would recognize each other's names as we were doing some mock drafts and chatting and sharing you know, what tournaments we played in. And then we got in the first uh, – 750 Dynasty over at uh, the FFPC, and you know Mike, he he's on the phone to everybody, so uh, yep. he started chatting me up on the phone, we were talking, and uh, seemed we had a similar philosophy in how to draft and similar ideas, and decided uh, to take a chance, and we did the Varsity League together uh, that first year, and won, and decided that it was a fairly decent partnership, and we worked well together, and we would continue on. Well, that's, pre- that's pretty awesome, Kurt. And, uh, you know, I can't believe it, and Scott's going to hate me for saying this, but uh-huh. uh, this is like uh, two out of three weeks that he's had a uh, fantasy baseball player uh, on as well. So uh, I, I, love, I love playing fantasy baseball with you as well, Kurt. Hmm. Yep. We try to make it where we can. <laughs> okay. You do have a question in the chat room from uh, Mr. Schroeder. Who makes the lineup calls, you or Mike? Is Mike listening? No, no, he's he's not around. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's a good question. I'd say what happens is we we have a set lineup, you know, guys that we're pretty much gonna we go with, um, and then there are those guys who you know week to week we might want to look at through the matchups, and basically you know we have a, a sit down discussion about um, you know our thoughts thoughts uh, on the matter, um, and in all reality if. We're very discrepant on our, our views on it. Um, I'd probably say about 80% of the time I'll acquiesce to Mike and just say, you know what, you know, I trust your judgment. You're seeing something maybe I'm not seeing. Let's go with it. Yeah, if you haven't been able to convince him uh, if, without a nice, strong argument, you just go, uh, he, he goes with the flow. When Mike asks me what I think and I tell him, then he says, Okay, but uh, who do you think we should play? Then I know I chose wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I'm not uh, I'm not a prideful person, and uh, yeah. Mike's knowledge of this game is uh, is deeper uh, than mine, and I, I've grown a lot uh, in my knowledge of the game and and how to read certain things by working with him. So greatly appreciate that. But yeah, he I'd say Mike pretty much 80% of the time will have the final say. Well, well, Kurt, I, I just got to ask. Uh, you know, that, that's pretty awesome. Uh, how many leagues are you in? How many leagues? Oh, Jesus, Louises. Um, well, let's, let's talk this How many local leagues are you in? You know what? I, I resigned from all my local leagues. Um, okay. Because, because, you know, doing this where we've got, you know, maybe 14 main events spread across different leagues where we uh-huh. have, you know, we're in the Commander, we're in the Invitational, we're in big payback, both big paybacks in the FFPC. We have off the grid. 
um, we really want to be able to put more time into making those decisions and, and scouring the waiver wire for those leagues because, um, you know, that's the payoff is much greater. Right, right. Do you, do you go out to Vegas uh, every year in September? Or? I sure do. Um, that's about the only time I go to Vegas. Once in a while we'll go for a concert, but um, I definitely look forward to that September trip and have made it every single year since uh, I joined the Wyckoff in its inaugural year. Um, okay. And this year, cool. I think I slept maybe three hours between bouncing back and forth to different t- tournaments and drafting. And do you play golf? No, I do not. I, I can't stand golf. It's too, <laughs> too slow for me. I don't mean I don't mean to be uh, grilling you, but uh, you know it, it's been. Uh, I've been out there the last couple of years and uh, played golf and just had a lot of fun times and uh, uh, was able to be uh, with the. Uh, FFWC with Scott and and the entire group and that was a that was a big ball so uh, I I don't know I I just look forward to meeting you uh, next September I know it's a long way off but I can't wait you know um, I'm very single minded so when I go out there I mean I'll, we'll go out to, to a couple of nice restaurants my wife and I uh, plug for yeah. Gordon Ramsay steak um, and we will maybe go to a show, but otherwise I'm all about the fantasy football. And when we're not drafted, yep. Mike and I are hiding out somewhere discussing the past draft and, you know, planning for the previous draft or the next draft. Good deal. Good deal. Now, Good you deal. are listening to uh, the Red vs. Blue Show. Scott Atkins and Michael Trent joined by Kirk Kikis, one half of Coyote Assassin. you got a question in the chat room from BFD Fantasy. That I don't know if that's Lou or Joe, but uh, it says, Tell Kurt I'm not playing against him, so I'll answer this one. Danny Amendola. Or Jordy Nelson, man. Oh, geez. You know, the, with the Packer you know wide receivers, you can't hardly start any of them. Yeah, my gosh. Um, I love Danny Amendola's talent. Um, I just – Mike and I have had this discussion since preseason. Um, I just worry that the next hit's going to be the last hit uh, for him. Um, I'm a huge Jordy Nelson fan. Jordy helped me take down a big payback in um, – the uh, varsity league a couple of years back. Uh, we had them in both leagues that year. We took them both down. And I, I have a fondness for Jordy. I like Jordy. I think he's going to be uh, a much better play this week than, um, than Amendola. Yeah. Even yeah. with credit quarterback. Jordy goes from a top five wide receiver to uh, almost unstartable uh, because of it. Rodgers, I think Flynn will be better. We'll, we'll definitely get to that game here uh, a little bit. I also have a I note from Cocktails and Dreams. I in your tournament. I had Cobb and Jordy. And after yeah. four weeks, I was smiling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, Cocktails and Dreams says my fiance is listening. She prefers you talk about MasterChef instead of fantasy football, Kurt. MasterChef's a great <laughs> show. Yeah. Is that from Chad? Yeah, that's from Chad. Hey, Chad, get my email, send me a message, and I'll uh, send her uh, a MasterChef apron. Ooh, MasterChef apron there coming away. A red versus blue, and but you must lose every head to head with me for the rest of the race. <laughs> All right, let's get uh, real quick to pick Kurt's brain about his teams. Uh, look, you guys are making a run at the world championship this year. Yeah, uh, if you guys haven't, uh, listeners at home, fulltimefantasy.com, you can see the leaderboards of the fantasy football world championship, of the Roto Bowl, and the dynasty world championship. You're making a run, one league domination already, two league titles, six total tickets in the championship round. After last night, you have a team that's seeded number three overall, number 14 overall, number 61, number 64, and number 87. Which team do you like the most? Well, I like that number three team because it's closer to sweetness. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I like that the number three team. Um, we're a little weak at tight end. We got uh, Concussion Walker. 
and Ladarius Green. Um, but I, I think the receivers we had, there was Djax, Decker, Garcon, um, AJ, um, Strong. And we got running backs of Bush and Brown and Fred Jackson, Stacy, and our infamous T-Rich. <laughs> yeah, T-Rich has been a uh, murder for a lot of us. You know, I'm looking at Fitzpatrick. You have uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick a lot, third highest scoring quarterback over the last four weeks. A lot of people don't know that. Only Peyton Manning and Cam Newton have more points. Week 14, they get Denver. Week 16, they get the Jaguars. You think you'll keep McCown in over uh, Fitzpatrick in that uh, in that in that top team you just mentioned? Yeah, well, that'll be a, a topic of discussion on um, on Saturday and probably Sunday morning too. For Mike heads off to the Bears game, um, you know which way we want to go with that and kind of see what the latest news is. I've always been a Fitzpatrick fan, even mm. back in the days of Buffalo. Um, He's hot. You know, he, he gets hot. He gets hot. And they they may lose the game, but he, he can put up a lot of points. So, you know, we're um, we're into playing the the quarterback matchup is important to us. So, um, with McGowan, Fitzpatrick, and Luck, it gives us that luxury. Kurt, in that best team, that's number three overall. You're starting Ladarius Green, the tight end of San Diego, over Delaney Walker. There is a lot of buzz surrounding Ladarius Green, like he yeah. may be. Uh, the young tight end, the, come, the explosive tight end here down the stretch. If Delaney Walker passes the concussion test, will you make the switch? Probably not. I mean, I, Mike and I are both sold on Ladarius Green. I can't remember he, uh, the exact number, but he, um, the number of snaps he played last week I think was pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you had that handy in your, your files there, but he, um, I think he played a fair amount there. His, um, he's getting six five, six targets the last couple of weeks. And, you know, he seems to be able to make that uh, the catch and get some yardage. He just, you know, I like what I see there. Yeah, he had 92% of the snaps, uh, Ladarius Green, 92% for Antonio Gates, but Green looks like the younger, fresher Gates out there. Mike, go ahead. What, what's your question? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does, no doubt. Uh, one, thing, one thing I want to ask you, Kurt, uh, just th- thinking outside of the box, looking in a different direction, uh, Kind of looks like you uh, you went out all in with uh, Trent Richardson and uh, and a lot of your teams. I mean, but let's let's think about this here. Uh, do you see his uh, career rebe- rebuilding? Uh, you know, either this year in the future or coming back to be a well, dynasty, uh, uh, somebody effective in dynasty leagues. Let me put it this way. Um, I've got uh, uh, seven dynasty leagues. I have them in one league, and that's one league too many. Okay. Uh, beginning of the season, I think um, there's a lot of buzz about you know what he could do um, with the offensive coordinator up there. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, in Cleveland. Um, yep. Uh, oh, Chudnitsky. No, Chud's the head coach. Oh, you asked for offensive coordinator? Yeah. Well, that's. That's why we have Lou Tranquilli in the chat room. He's uh, the coaching tree. <laughs> <laughs> the coaching tree, Lou. Diego, um, Lou, we need help. North Turner. Right, right, right. North Turner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, he did so well in San Diego with both uh, the tight ends and the running backs, but I guess what I really did not foresee was, you know, Chud, uh, when they were over at uh, Carolina, really likes to go by that committee. Um, and so having someone like T. Rich for them is the main guy. Um, I think they just wanted to, to, to jettison him. And I, I don't like what I see thus far uh, down well, in uh, Indy. Well, real quick, I mean, it just seemed like that everybody, and I, I was guilty of it too, mm-hmm. uh, once he got traded from Cleveland to uh, Indy, 
everybody went nuts. It's like, oh, man, this is a blockbuster ever. You know, T-Rex to Indy, especially after the running back went down, and nothing happened. Yeah, if you just watch him, he runs very tentatively. He doesn't make the cut. There was one play I watched, and, you know, he went forward, and then he tried to, like, do the bunny hop to the left. And I'm thinking, dude, you're not quick enough. And then Brown comes right. in, and Brown just, so far, just looks so much better. So Yes, he does. Yes, yeah, he does. Rich just uh, worries me, and if I've got other options, uh, you know, we've put him on the pine um, several weeks because we have some better options. Right. All right, Kurt Kikis, high-stakes veteran, going to help you with your Week 14. Who do I start? We've got the, another one in the chat room. Here we go. Uh, we have uh, the first one. Let me scroll back up here because we've got uh, several already. Uh, Urinal Mint, Edelman or Garcon this weekend? Julian Edelman, I think, is one of the more, I want to say, overrated players uh, right now. I think a lot of people are building this guy up. And New England is very situational in their games. We all know that they can go up and have one game plan one week, then another game plan the next week. I'm not buying all the Edelman love this week, Kurt. Uh, Edelman or Garcon? Well, I guess my concern with Edelman is, um, is he going to get Hayden? Um, yeah. What, what's the coverage going to be on him? Uh, Garcon, I love Garcon. I've got him uh, in a lot of different places. Uh, but what I'm seeing, um, the therapist in me, um, I, I don't like what I'm seeing in Washington. Um, with the, uh, there just seems to be a rift between uh, the coaching staff, RG3, RG3 is receivers. I just I worry about RG3 being able to consistently get the ball to to Garcon. But if push comes to shove, I would probably start Garcon. Um, Edelman's had a nice couple games. Um, he also is using the return game, so you know you can get that punt return that can be helpful. But um, I don't know something about Hoodie. In the Let's look. We have another question in the chat room from Henry Muto, another $100,000. Hey, Henry, how you doing, buddy? New England Patriots versus uh, Cleveland or the Seattle defense versus the Niners? Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know what? Um, I, like, I like the Seattle defense. I like the Seattle yeah. defense. Yeah, New England. Uh, New England does have a very nice matchup uh, for everybody. Everybody's got them ranked very high this week. I think also it was before the Jason Campbell uh, was cleared or uh, looking good to play. Uh, you know, it was Alex Tanney or, or Haney, Caleb Haney, Alex Tanney. All these guys. I don't even know if they can get the ball to these guys. So it'll be very yeah. interesting to see uh, what New England does. But I, it's very yeah. hard to bench Seattle. They just rolled the Saints. Yeah, they rolled the Saints, and I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna beat up the Niners too. I think they're gonna. I do stuff too. Forward. I'm in the minority. I feel like wow. I'm in the minority. Everybody's saying the Niners. It's their time. They're getting I healthy like the at the Niners right time. In this game. It's a home game. I'm like, did you watch the same game I did? Did you see how they destroyed the Saints? I mean, I know it was on. I know they, it was at home for them, and they're on the road now. But there's no. They team, did. I just think they, they're gonna roll the Niners. They destroyed the Saints, and uh, there was no question about it. Russell Wilson looked phenomenal in that game. But uh, I just uh, – I don't know. I got a funny feeling about myself that uh, says uh, San Francisco is going to uh, win that game. And uh, I'm not going to say win easy, but they're going to win that game. <laughs> I'm in the minority, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, I do I have think, a question. No. I do well, have a question. We need- well, save it. We've got. They're piling up, man. They are absolutely piling up. We okay. have to get to week fourteen action. We've got. They're they're getting angry at us. 
uh, on Facebook. Okay. They want to get to these Who Do I Start. So let's 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 start, start with the start, week 14. Start. Yeah, you all exchange emails or do something after the show, Mike. Atlanta at Green Bay. This uh, this game here is um, as Stephen Jackson looks like he's back. I can't I can't. Uh, it looks like Roddy White is back after the week that he had. That's very promising for Matt Ryan. Stephen Jackson looked good, had his best game of the year for the second straight week. Two touchdowns in week 13. Roddy White, again, uh, with Harry Douglas. I think they'll both have decent days. The question is the wide receiver carousel in Green Bay, if you have them, which one do you start? I rank them Nelson, Jones, and Boykin, but it could just as easily be Boykin, Nelson, Jones. You just really don't know how it's going to work out. The only thing I think you really know about Green Bay, Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy is going to roll uh, in this game, and look, he, he has uh, been dominant. Uh, the last six games, the Falcons are giving up an average of 162 yards rushing, 196 total yards, five and a half yards of carry, and one and a half touchdowns, 27 fantasy points to running back. So I'm going to ask Kurt, would you start any Green Bay wideouts this week over, say, somebody like Harry Douglas? Hmm. Wow. Um, I don't know. I like, I like Harry Douglas. I've got him um, on a couple of my teams. He's been, I think, somewhat consistent. Uh, it'd be neck and neck with him and Jordy. Like I said, I'm a huge Jordy fan. I think he's going to be the go-to guy. Um, I'd, I, ugh, I'd probably go with Jordy because uh, Jordy. I got the man crush. Mike, Tony Gonzalez, uh, what are you doing with Tony this week? He scored in week 13. He has two scores in the last eight games. Green Bay has allowed just one tight end touchdown since week seven. What are you doing with Gonzo, Mikey? Uh, you got to start him. You got to start him. Uh, you know, it, it seems like an iffy situation there in Atlanta, but uh, let's face it, the, the spread's only three and a half. Uh, I think Atlanta's going to be in the game, uh, based because of offensive uh, schemes. I mean, I, I really feel like Atlanta will do enough to uh, throw the ball, and uh, they'll get enough. They'll get enough of Gonzo. Mm. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Green Bay can get off the schneid and Atlanta can get off the schneid. Two game, two teams uh, haven't uh, lived up to expectations this year. Oakland at the Jets. Wow. Uh, this game is on television. <laughs> and uh, we, we've got Matt McGloin. Somewhere. Matt McGloin, uh, I guess, in for Terrell Pryor, has just one passing touchdown in the last two games with the Jets. They allow multiple passing scores in four of their last five. You can't run against the Jets. Uh, and there's still question marks, again, about Rashad Jennings. Uh, McFadden gets back in, and he has another injury, so that's not looking good. But uh, Andre Holmes, he led Oakland with 11 targets, 7 catches, 136 yards, with Denarius Moore out. And it looks like, and again, Moore is out again. So Andre Holmes, another sneaky play for DraftKings, very cheap. I think 4000 you can get him for. Uh, and this is a Jets team. Cromartie ranks, I think they said, second to last uh, right there by Ike Taylor as far as uh, effective cornerbacks, and that's by pro football focus. So that's uh, some pretty complex numbers there. But, yeah, they say Camarade sucks. So, uh, look, you've got a situation here where it's an opportunity for McGloin to get something going with these wide receivers. Chris Ivory, I do like him. He played 24 snaps to Blau Pals 30 in Week 13, and he looked good. He looked healthy. He, he does need to get a touchdown because I don't think he's getting the reception. So, but I think he'll get that touchdown against Oakland. What I'm going to ask you, Kurt, Andre Holmes, is he for real? Uh, do, you, do you think he's, uh, he's got the goods uh, to put up a nice game? Um, I like what little I saw of him last week. I mean, at 6'4", he you know, poses a 
a pretty tall figure there to, to hit with the crossing patterns. And anybody from Hillsdale College has got to be, or I don't know if that's Hillsdale High School or Hillsdale College where he graduated from. Um, you got to like that. But uh, what Jets, little I saw on uh, the replays, um, I liked what I saw. Yeah, and the Jets Rod did. The, you like Rod Streeter. The Jets did spend a second-round draft pick on Geno Smith. Kurt, do you think the Jets should go after a quarterback in this draft? No, I don't think so. I mean, part, you know, Gino, he's had some Agreed. games. He's, he's turned over the ball quite a bit. But, you know, it's the Jets. And they yank him, they play him, they yank him, they play him. I don't know. I just – I like to see him just be able to play a full season uh, with a head coach other than the one he's got. Well, yeah. you know, and another thing about it, Kurt and Scott, you, you have to be put into a position to succeed. Yep. And right now, there, there's no way that that's happening. Uh, there, there's nothing around him. There's no solid running back that he can rely on. I mean, you know, they got some decent ones, but there's nothing solid. There's no uh, uh, wide receivers that he can rely on. So I don't think this is necessarily uh, Geno Smith's fault. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of YouTube stuff about uh, fans being all upset and Man, the guy's got to—he's got to get in there and learn. I mean, that's the only way—only way it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, the Jets have given up nine touchdowns to receivers in the last five games, so it's a good opportunity for your boy Streeter to get going. He was coming off a terrible game, and the Raiders—they've given like up nine scores to receivers in the last six games, but you don't know what's going on. Stephen Hill, by the way, did lead the Jets receivers with 51 snaps. Last week, I think it's interesting to see Hill getting some, uh, getting back into the rotation there. Bills at the Buccaneers, a little bit more fun game. I'm going to be watching the Bills and the Bucks on uh, my Game Mix channel on DirecTV. Bills at the Buccaneers, uh, this is a good situation for both of these quarterbacks. I really like EJ Manuel in this game. Uh, when somebody asked me why, well, eight straight quarterbacks have thrown for multiple scores against the Bucks. Let me say that again: eight straight quarterbacks have thrown for multiple scores against the Bucks, And E.J. Manuel comes into this game with multiple scores and 20 points against the Falcons. So this game with, uh, he, he does have Stevie Johnson, again, matching up with Revis, but he has burned Revis in the past, so I'm liking that. C.J. Spiller, I'm not really ready to anoint him as being back because Freddie Jackson's still getting the snaps in, you know, with him. Now, they might give C.J. more work this week, and they both lit up the Falcons. Everybody lights up the Falcons. But Jackson still led the team in snaps. 39 to Spiller's 24. So I'm not feeling Spiller only getting 24 carries. Now, on the other side of the ball, the Buccaneers. I'm, I'm really feeling some love for Bobby Rainey. I watched that game, and I've, uh, I recorded it, and I watched some more of Bobby Rainey. And he looked really good. After that debut performance, he came out and then threw in, threw in a clunker. Everybody got burned on, on their lineup. But now he's looking a little bit better. I mean, he looked really like he had some real bursts. I think Tampa Bay has done a phenomenal job from their coaching staff grabbing running backs. You get Mike James after Doug Martin, and then you have Bobby Rainey coming in. Uh, very, very nice to see. Backs have more than 110 yards rushing with a touchdown in each of the last three games against the Bills, so it's very good. Uh, Mike, do you have any questions for Kurt? Yeah, the, the only question I have is uh, basically this game, is the over and under is 42, and uh, – what do you think about Glennon? I mean, I, I really, uh, I'm, I'm impressed by the way this guy just slings it. I mean, he really slings it a lot, and uh, he throws the ball. And but, do they have enough of a running attack to beat Buffalo in that game? 
I mean, if, if Rainey can um, pick up some yards, I think that uh, makes Glennon more effective. I mean, he's got one of the best receivers out there with uh, VJAX. Um, and, you know, he's done, VJAX has done well with Glennon throwing him the ball. And though he's not sexy, and Glennon has been very serviceable. Um, I think the key will be Rainey being able to pick up the yardage. You know, they use Rainey in the passing game, too. So, this, you know, I think there's a lot of positive things looking forward to uh, Tampa Bay this week. Rainey's an interesting I, I, one. Yeah, he ahead, is. Yeah, he is. He's a Western Kentucky, uh, Western Kentucky grad, and uh, I followed him uh, ever since he went there, and you know, just kind of had a, you know, just a nice following with him. But uh, this is one game that I've looked at. The over and under is forty-two, and if you're a quote gambler, I love the under. Just saying. Hmm. Opposing secondary slot receivers have scored a touchdown in five straight games against the Bucks, So, you know, you've got Stevie Johnson getting the eight targets a game. He plays a lot in the slot. And uh, we've got Robert Woods, the number two receiver there. So uh, Brandon LaFell and Ted Ginn scored on the Bucks last week. Scott Chandler led the Bills with 63 yards uh, receiving last week. Uh, and then we've got Vincent Jackson, oddly enough. Only one touchdown in the last six games. He's only produced 80 yards That's in crazy. one of those games either. I mean, yeah, so... That's Another great. stat, the Bills have allowed only one receiver touchdown in their last four games, and only one receiver, Roddy, is top ten fantasy points in those games. So very interesting. You would think that VJAX gets back on track. It's kind of the law of averages. If you haven't done it the last three or four weeks, it's, it's, like, I, it's like when I walk up to the roulette wheel in Vegas and I'm like, honey, it's black. It, it's due for red. You know, It's been black three or four times. Now you've got to put some money on red. You know, uh, yeah. it, it, He's due. VJAX is due. I've been playing that roulette uh, game all year with a receiver named Nix. Oh, the law of averages. He's got to catch a ball and get a touchdown. I I think those touchdown days. So, so so are you going to put it on Nick's or not? No, No, Nick's is uh, riding the pine the last few weeks for me. You got that right. Yes, sir. Uh, Let's move on to the Browns at the Patriots. We already did touch on this game a little bit, but since Ridley was a scratch uh, in week 13, Vereen once again led. Uh, with 41 snaps, and uh, look, he's the best player uh, that I think a lot of us could ask for down the stretch, in the stretch run. Vereen is one of those hot electric players down the stretch. I think it's going to make somebody $150,000. That's just my gut. My gut tells me that the championship team is going to have Shane Vereen. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt's probably going to get the start if Brandon Bolden won't go with the injury, so Ridley might even get activated in this game, but Again, on the wide receiver ball, I was listening to uh, BFD again. A shout-out to Lou in the chat room. He mentioned something about, uh, you know, if he was Cleveland uh, and you have Joe Hayden, why not take your best player and put him on their best player and cover up uh, Rob Gronkowski? Thank you. Know, you. I think uh, – what, what do you think of that? What do you think of that call there, Kurt? Well, you know, it's interesting. Mike and I were just having that conversation earlier today, and I said, you know, I think if they were smart, they'd put Hayden on Gronk. Um, force someone else to beat him, you know. Um, See how that goes. Um, they got to do something because if they don't deal with Gronk, um, they're going to get torn to pieces. Yeah, we're talking. Uh, we're talking about uh, weather now in Cincy, man. They always got some kind of situation going on. My wife is is the uh, the meteorologist. I'll get an update from her after the show. But yeah, she said that the bad weather is still coming in on Sunday and Saturday night for the Midwest here. It's not gonna, it's uh, we, not we live bad. In, 
we live in Indianapolis. So, well, she listens to the BAM chase team. I don't know who you – if you're listening to your local weather wave three down there or something, she no. listens to the BAM. No, 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 no. Hey, hey Scott, uh, something I did in college, I, I took meteorology, and uh, it's not going to really? be bad at all Sunday. It's not nothing like are, – Are the leaves turning today. up? Is that Are the leaves turning up? Well, I think Mike turning up, that means that, that means it's going to be a severe storm. The air have a funny smell, Mike. It, when, when it smells a certain way, you know it's going to storm. Yeah, that means I need to do the laundry, okay? <laughs> uh, Julian Edelman led the pass in targets, 12, nine catches, topped 100 yards receiving. But, again, I just not, I'm not trusting him. Uh, again, this is uh, – Gronk is the only one I think you can really trust besides Brady. Brady will get his. You just don't know where it's going to go and who's going to be the – beneficiary of it that's the only problem gordon became the first player in nfl history to have more than 200 yards receiving in back-to-back games if he gets campbell i'm i'm comfortable with him because i'll tell you what with tanny and haney i was ready to bench him i was ready to bench gordon in some of my in some of my smaller you know not obviously a rotable you can't really start bench anybody in rotable but uh for, for for some some of these lineups i was looking at options and i was thinking about benching gordon uh, not now, obviously, if you get Jason Campbell in there because he's given uh, Calvin Johnson a run for his money. Uh, Gordon, plus or minus 16 fantasy points against Tlaib. Kurt? Plus. Steve Smith took him to school. I think Gordon is a physical, fast guy, and he's going he's gonna to get the better of Tlaib. Mike, no doubt. plus or minus 16. Amen. Amen, plus, plus. This, this guy, it's two weeks in a row. I mean, one week can be a fluke. Two weeks? No, it's not a fluke. The guy's bad. He's bad. You look at the guy throwing him the ball, it takes me back to, you know, Megatron his first few years where they had, what, what five quarterbacks that one year, and he still produced. Uh, right. Gordon's right. a special talent, so I, I would find it very difficult to bench him. By the way, Jordan Cameron hasn't scored since week seven, hasn't reached 45 yards receiving in four straight games, not looking good for Jordan Cameron owners. Dolphins at the Steelers. Uh, with Daniel Thomas uh, now questionable, Lamar Miller was uh, was going to be the main man, but now you don't know if if, if uh, Daniel Thomas is going to get in there and steal some of that action. But this is the revenge week for Mike Wallace. This is the week that Mike Wallace gets in there against Ike Taylor, the worst cornerback in the league. He's allowed a league-high 854 <laughs> yards to opposing receivers this year. The opposing number one has more than 90 and 15 fantasy points in four of the last five, and Wallace has been pretty hot too, so... Very good matchup for uh, Mike Wallace uh, this week, especially in DraftKings. Uh, Kurt, should Mike Tomlin be fired? That was a pretty serious offense there, a $100,000 fine. Yeah, no, I don't think he should be fired. Um, you know, they, they find him, that's it. Let it if go. they lost a draft pick, do you think he deserves to be fined? If you lose your number one draft pick. Yeah, that would have been something. I mean, that would have been hard to, hard to contend with. Um, no, I mean, I, don't, I think if he doesn't turn the ship around up there, they'll have cause to fire him. But uh, Well, uh, I, I do have a question about this game. Uh, and, you know, it's funny because I'm going back to uh, uh, earlier in the show. Uh, I have a lineup decision I need to make. And, uh, honestly, no, Mike, Mike Tomlin doesn't need to be fired, but he knew what he was doing and blah, blah, blah. I mean, don't get me wrong, Jumbotron, yeah, he's looking Jumbotron the entire time. But whatever, um, Martellus Bennett or Mike Wallace? Give me a starter, guys. Kurt, Scott, Martellus Bennett, Martellus, or Martellus Bennett, Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. 
Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, you should you should feel good about that. I don't feel good as as good about Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he has looked pretty decent, but that has been dependent on the touchdown there last week. And Antonio Brown, uh, again, he was shut down last week, but this guy is uh, he's matchup proof right now after what he did to Joe Hayden. So you, you almost yeah. have to start Antonio Brown no matter what. Uh, Miami has only allowed one receiver touchdown all year, fewest in the NFL. So again, that's why I don't like Emmanuel Sanders. I'll take a shot with Antonio Brown but not with Sanders or Cotre because you kind of need that touchdown right. to really feel right. good about uh, yeah. Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I did have a question here about Lamar Miller real quick. you think he's ever going to be relevant in fantasy? Well, no, not with Daniel Thomas down there. For some reason, the current regime loves Daniel Thomas. Um, yeah. I just don't see why. Um, I mean, Miller worked out hard all summer, trained with uh, Gore, and he seemed to – Early clips I saw, he seemed to have a lot of flash. I just, I, I don't see it right now. I don't. Uh, uh, I was never really on the bandwagon. I maybe own him in two of all my leagues, but um, yeah, I'm, I question his his relevance at this point. Uh, Kurt Kikis, one of the best high stakes players on the planet, is with us here on Red versus Blue. We're going down all of Week 14 action. We're now at the Lions at the Eagles. Can we make this one simple? Can we just say start everybody? Pretty much. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be a slugfest. I, th- I think you start everybody. Yeah. I-, I like Reggie Bush. I mean, obviously, uh, Matt Stafford, Calvin. Nate Burleson, you know, he had a goose egg against on Thanksgiving, and I think everybody was kind of bummed out about that. But with Chris Durham dinged up, uh, who Chris Durham's been averaging eight targets a game prior to Week 13, that means Nate Burleson's going to be involved again. Uh, they involved Ross a little bit in that game. But, uh, yeah, I think Nate Burleson, he had at least six catches in all four of his starts before that Thanksgiving game. So I think I like Nate getting back into action, especially in this game when you're playing the Eagles and they're just uh, rolling down the field left and right. Nick Foles now has 19 touchdowns and no picks. Nobody can touch that right now. And uh, this guy gets back and gets Macklin next year. I mean, this it's going to be incredible. McCoy's going to have a big day. D-Jack should have a very nice day yeah. against the Lions. The Lions can't stop anybody through the air. The opposing number two receiver has scored or topped 100 yards in eight of the last nine games against the Lions. So that sounds good. Uh, if you're Riley a Riley Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, Riley Cooper yep. owner. Yep. Uh, the question I have for you, Kurt, is I think the Lions can be a Super Bowl contender this year. Am I nuts? Uh, you're nuts, but I agree with you. Yeah. They could be a Super Bowl <laughs> contender. Yes, sir. We're all uh, crazy. Yeah, I mean, they've got, uh, you know, they've got, of course, Megatron. And there he is. I'm just watching the NFL Network. There he goes again. They can't stop him. Um, they, I like uh, Joyke Bell. Um, I like obviously I love Bush. I got him in a lot of places. We got Joyke Bell in a lot of places too. They've just they've got some some good um, good depth, good strong players. Yeah, Bell's one of these guys. You remember, um, he's the guy that's the mutter. He's the guy that can run on uh, outdoors more so than than uh, than uh, Reggie. Reggie's the speed guy, even though he's kind of scared of the turf. Joyke uh, is Joyke has called, been called the mutter by the coaching staff. So and he and he's one of these guys that. Regardless of, you know, he's getting the snaps, he's getting the carries, and he's getting the receptions, and, and he can score. He can take one to the house. So very talented team they have there. Nice backup running back to have in Joyke Bell. Vikings at the Ravens. Uh, what to think about this game? You know what? This is, uh, this is the week that I think Joe Flacco gets things going. How could you not think that against the Vikings? They've allowed multiple touchdowns and 22-plus fantasy points to quarterbacks in six straight game so you know Flacco is licking his chops especially if he gets Dennis Pitta back uh Joe Flacco to Torrey Smith at first I was way high on Torrey Smith on my DraftKings lineups 
but now I look at some stats and it, and I come to find out that interestingly only one of the last six receiver scores have gone to the opposing number one receiver, while five of them have gone to the number two receivers. So if you like Jacoby Jones for a deep sleeper, the Vikings have problems on that side of the field. Uh, they 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 kind of pick on that that cornerback there. So. Uh, Mikey, you have a question for uh, for Kurt on the Minnesota Baltimore game. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm curious. Uh, looks like AP might be set up for a big day, and Ray Rice might bounce back for a big day. Could be uh, could be running uh, could be running all day long. Yeah, well, I mean, AP. I think you start AP against anybody. I know the Ravens have a pretty good run D, but um, AP is AP, and um, I, I think Ray Rice uh, has a good showing against. Uh, Minnesota, I think it's a, what the doctor ordered for him. He needs a, a crummy D yeah. to, to beat up on. I think hopefully he, he and Flacco can uh, get it done up there. Yeah, but what's wrong with Ray Rice? He's only rushed for 50 yards twice all season. Yep. So while while the Vikings have allowed a crap ton of yards and four, you know, tons of scores the last three games. He's not, uh, you know. Look, he did okay against the Bears, D. Uh, but that's, yeah. you know, we need. I need to see more. Maybe this is the game. But I think this game is great for Flacco. I will love using Flacco in my DraftKings lineup. Let's go to the Chiefs at the Redskins. Uh, Chiefs at the Redskins. Alex Smith. When are we going to start talking about Alex Smith being a, a very good, solid player here? Because he's been. I keep thinking back to the San Fran days, but it's not the same Alex Smith. Yeah. He's. He's he's had uh, three straight games, four of his last five, thrown for 25-plus fantasy points. So you, you have uh, – what do you think about Alex Smith, Kurt? You know, I like Alex. Um, we picked him up on a, a number of our teams throughout the year. Um, he um, – I don't want to call him a game manager, but, I mean, he, he's with a, a coach who really knows how to maximize w- what he can do. And they're not expecting him to win it all on his arm. Um, of course, you, you can't look bad when you got Jamal Charles coming out of the backfield, either on the run or on the, the screen pass. Um, I think early on in the season, too, the D helped him, you know, getting those turnovers, getting a good field position. But, you know, Smith is a guy who, um, especially with the right matchup, I feel comfortable running, you know, the quarterback for me. Dwayne Bowe, Debo, had a touchdown call back on a penalty, or he would have scored in three straight games. Five of the last six number ones have reached 75 yards plus against the Skins. Skins are just a dream matchup. I think yeah, RG3, he looked better last week. I think he'll get hot. Good old well, one, thing, one thing about uh, Kansas City and uh, Alex Smith. Alex Smith, is a, you know, he's a game manager, but he's not a game changer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's two different things there. Uh, I, I love the way he plays. I love the way he played in San Francisco. Uh, this game, Washington is a total mess. They are a total mess. And uh, the, the one thing that's going to change this game is uh, Jamal Charles, in my opinion. I mean, if this guy can start going nuts on Washington, then it's over. Because Alex He's Smith can pick him. Yep. Yep. Jamal Charles is a stud. Uh, I'm not confident in Alfred Morris, but running backs have rushed for over 100 and produced at least 23 fantasy points in each of the last four games against the Chiefs. So the Chiefs are spiraling down right now, especially off two losses to the Broncos. Uh, the question I have for you, Kurt, think Kansas City does any damage in the playoffs? They seem broken to me. Yeah, uh, I think they get one win at best. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, that'll be a close one. I don't think they're going to blow anybody away. If anything, they're going to win a, a squeaker. Um, I, yeah, I don't. 
I'm not betting well, on Kurt, let, well, let me ask you this. What if Kansas City was to play Denver in Can- or in Denver or Kansas City, either way, and it is brutally cold? Well, you know it'll where have I'm going to be, with this one. Yeah, Our it'll boy have to Pete be. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got all he's the already, weapons this year. He's got he's got the team around him right now, receiver wise, and I mean, it's the best team he's ever been with. Even when you look back at the Harrison, um, Reggie Wayne days. Um, I mean, they've got Welker, they've got Demarius Thomas, they got Decker. Um, and just you know, you never did know. Did he have those Decker. last? Well, well, let me let me ask this: Did he have those last year? Did he have those last year? He had a not Welker. Welker. Yeah, not Welker. Yeah, well, well, I, 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 I think this is uh, you know Denver will will handle them for a third time. I know it's hard to beat a, you know, another team for the third time in the season. That's a difficult task, but uh, they'll do it if they match and, up. Head and there. he didn't and he didn't oh, have Julius Thomas uh, across the middle. He had Jacob Tammy. Much difference. He's a difference maker. Exactly. Uh, Colts at the okay. Bengals. This is a game that might have some bad weather, so please stay tuned to FF Toolbox and keep track of the weather reports that we have on our homepage, but Andrew Luck has two passing scores in his last four games, so you can't start Andrew Luck. That means you can't start T.Y. Hilton. If you've seen the stats about T.Y. Hilton on in the domes, uh, indoors versus outdoors, you'll never want to start T.Y. Hilton outdoors again once you see those stats. I do like Kobe Fleener to get some work and get some action because you really don't like anybody else. There are rumors that Derek Rogers will get some more work uh, while, they, while they let Darius Hayward Bay kind of ride the pond a little bit. And Donald Brown, uh, he is the starter. They should have got him more involved. But, again, this is a very tough matchup against the Bengals. Uh, no running back has scored against the Bengals in eight straight game. No groups of running backs have topped 15 fantasy points against them since week three. So I can't condone starting Donald Brown, even though he will be involved in the receptions and get the little dump passers. Uh, on the other side of the ball, the Bengals, uh, Andy Dalton failed to throw for two scores against the Chargers, but he still has multiple passing scores in five of his last seven games. So I like this game for Andy Dalton especially. Uh, ben Jarvis did get the work last week, but Geo is the electric guy. These guys that are asking me, I'm, I'm getting phone calls and tweets and all kinds of emails and on Toolbox and Facebook. They're talking about benching Giovanni Bernard. They're giving me all these scenarios about where they bench Gio. And I'm like, dude, do you realize that everybody in your league is jealous that you have Giovanni Bernard? That you have the most electric player in the game right now? I mean, Shane Vereen maybe with Geo, those, those are the two guys. If you have him, he got you here. So don't overanalyze the matchup. Don't overanalyze what Ben Jarvis did last week. The Colts have given up a rushing touchdown at least 96 yards in four straight games to backs, and they're getting torched. So you don't bench Giovanni Bernard. Why would you? He's, he's got the potential to go for 25 for you when you need him. He got you here. Mike, do you have a question for Kurt? Uh, yeah, honestly, I, I, I see uh, Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton having a decent game. The numbers don't speak it. The numbers don't say it. But, uh, you know, I, I see them being reconnected. Let's face it, uh, their offensive coordinator, uh, he's, he's calling some lame plays. I mean, they're so predictive. I mean, predictive, yeah. predictive. But uh, I, I really see uh, something changing here. And, uh so, Kurt, do you, do you think that uh, Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton can, uh, you know, make some make something change? Well, you're talking to a guy who dresses in, in Bengal orange and black on Sundays. <laughs> so, you got um, the stripes? I got the stripes, baby. I got the – Oh, Lord. I'm old school. I got the, 
you got the I got old the Palmer jersey and the Chad Johnson jersey before it became Ocho Cinco. Um, now I, I think the Bengals are going to uh, give them fits. I think you know Hilton may yeah. get a score. He may get 50, 60 yards, but um, I see Vinatieri getting most of the work. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I, I think, think Vinatieri. Homer's opinion. Forty plus uh, years old, and he's doing it. Uh, real quick, dynasty question: Who's the better young quarterback, Andrew Luck or Russell Wilson? Wow. Oh, um, shit. That's easy. Um, Sorry. Yeah, I've got, uh, got them each in different leagues. Um, um, I, in the short term, the next this year, next year, I like Wilson. Um, I think, you know, Luck's got some, some wonderful talent and skills. Um, I just think he's going to need a little time to, to be able to develop more. And we see how, how vulnerable he was to losing Reggie Wayne that it just, you know, his game has dropped down a couple notches, whereas yeah. you've got um, Wilson up there thrown to just a, um, a, I don't know, geez, a ragtag group of receivers. I mean, Tate's good, and he's exactly. got up there. He's got, you know, somebody's cousin up there. Um, I just like what I see from from Wilson. All right, six and games to go. Mark, We're running out of time here. Titans at the Broncos. Fitzpatrick, again, we talked about how good of a solid start Fitzpatrick is. He's mm-hmm. produced multiple touchdowns in three of his last four. He's a very – Good quarterback. He's also rushing the ball. He has at least 25 yards rushing in five of his last six games. Chris Johnson has five total touchdowns in his last five games. He's one of the top running backs uh, recently. Denver's given up a crap ton of yards to backs in seven straight games. Backs have scored in 11 of 12 against them. This is a monster day for both of those guys. That means Kendall Wright's going to score. That means that Nate Washington's going to get a lot of work. Nate Washington's leading the team in snaps recently. So make sure you don't uh, – that if you're, you know, keep an eye on Nasty Nate there. We talked about Burleson, but we like Nate Washington too. Mm-hmm. And then no Sean Moreno. What a monster. Monty Ball, but if I'm Denver and I'm getting out to Leeds, I'm going to keep Moreno fresh, and I'm going to get Ball some more work. He played yep. in 25 snaps last week, the highest number since the team's bye week. He's looking good. Monty Ball is looking good, so I'm interested to see that. Julius Thomas gets back into the lineup, but explain this to me. Moreno, did you see the tears last week? Give me an explanation for that. I, I think he got, it, he got in touch with a deep, car, a, a deep past uh, episode in his life, uh, perhaps related to his mother or a cheerleader. No, I, I didn't world, see it live. Mike? I saw a picture of it. and I, you know, just, Mike, uh, have you ever seen anything like that? Voice. No, no, I, I don't know. I, I thought I was watching a soap opera, to be honest with you. I thought I was watching Days of Our Lives. I don't know. Gosh. Uh, Seahawks at the Niners. This is the game of the week. Uh, this is the game of the week and maybe the game of the year. This is the game we always look forward to because, remember, last year, this was the Week 16 game where Seattle just absolutely lit them up and Marshawn Lynch was on fire. Uh, Matt Bailey won the $200,000 because of that game. So it was a very big game last year. It's week 14 now. It's in San Fran. Wilson, Lynch. By the way, Doug Baldwin uh, is one of the top wide receivers over the last five weeks. He's in the top 15 uh, for wideouts, and he's got a touchdown or 75 yards in four straight games. So very good uh, players uh, around the wide receivers. Doesn't look like Percy Harvin's going to contribute and really get into the season. It sounds like they rushed him back. The question is Marshawn Lynch or Frank Gore, and, and Kurt, I'm going to ask you that question because I think the answer to this question will dictate who wins this game, Gore or Lynch this week. Who has a bigger game? I like Lynch. Mike, what about you? Uh, I like Gore. I like Gore. Okay. Uh, I, I, just, I just feel like that uh, they're going to be able to do enough 
and uh, yeah, gosh, that's a toughie. I, I still like Gore. I'm, I'm, yeah. I still like Gore. Zach Miller had his best game of the year with five catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. Don't forget about Zach Miller. He has at least 69 in each of the last two, but no tight end has topped 60 against the Niners this year. So be interesting to see. Hey, look, you're starting Gore. You're starting Davis. Uh, Bolden might not start him. He was held without a fantasy point in the first meeting, and uh, this is where receivers go to die. So uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if that uh, if that happens here. Uh, by the way, Seattle defense has 27 fantasy points against the Niners in the first meeting. And get this, defenses have exactly one fantasy point in each of the last three against Seattle. So don't expect a big day from the San Fran defense. Seattle's pretty well, good, uh, effective offensively. Uh, real quick, Scott, uh, San Francisco's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, normally it's a three-point favorite for home field advantage, so... Uh, Obviously, Vegas feels like that Seattle is a little bit better than San Francisco. So, well, we'll see what yeah, you know, they're coming off of they're coming off a short week. They're coming off a short week, yep. right? I mean, that uh, that does have an impact. And there are some stats, by the way. And, and Chad probably has been doing this for years, and he's still in the chat room. But I read some statistics about if you research, because I love to play the uh, over unders on wins at the beginning of the season. And somebody broke it down, and they showed that if you research the short week teams versus the teams that have extra rest throughout the year and teams that are catching teams on short weeks, you can beat the wins and losses over unders. I'd love to find out from Chad if that's actually true, but the short weeks having an impact on wins and losses uh, in the National Football League, uh, it was was kind of a setup, quote-unquote, setup tone to the article, but it was interesting. I'm going to research that. Uh, before next year. Rams at the Cardinals. Rams at the Cardinals. What do you think of this game, Kurt? Uh, I got Zach Stacy that has a very tough matchup because next to the Jets, the Cardinals have only allowed three running backs to score all year. What do you think about Zach Stacy this week? Um, I probably won't be playing if I have other options. Ellington is back. Will you be using Andre Ellington anywhere or even in daily games? You play in daily games? You know, I did a few early on. Um, I just thought it's best to uh, lose money in, in one <laughs> one part of the lose, hobby lose, yeah. at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I played a few weeks, and it was interesting, but I uh, don't have the time or the energy for it, actually. Jared um, Cook set the uh, fantasy world on fire in week one with 141 yards and two scores on seven catches against Arizona. Jared Cook has a good matchup now because, look, Here's the study that I heard. It was Brian Billick on, on uh, television. He was, t- he was talking about because we're trying to understand why, why Arizona allows so many points to tight ends. He said it's their linebackers. He said they, they have blitzing linebackers that they don't know anything else to do but to blitz. That's the only skill that they have. For whatever reason, that's how they built their team. They don't have the ability to cover the big tight ends. They just don't have the ability. So, obviously, they have good corners. They have great safety. Uh, they're playing the wide receivers very tough but they can't cover the tight ends. And Zach Ertz and Brent Selleck are scoring in a historic amount of tight end points. So if you have Jared Cook, which you do, I know, Kurt, you got to start him. Yep, he's a play. Definitely is. Carson Palmer may not play, so that's one question I know Henry Muto was asking in the chat room. Uh, you got to be careful with Carson uh, with Michael Floyd uh, because if you don't know if Carson Palmer is even going to play, you got to be careful because this is a 430 game, so you got to be very careful uh, with that, but Larry Fitzgerald should have a very big day. Giants at the Chargers. Uh, what do we know about this game? We know that Andre Brown is an automatic must start. You have to start Victor Cruz. Unfortunately, Hakeem Nicks, I don't think you can start. I got the chalkboard here, Mike. 15 straight games. 
Uh, been below six and seven of the last nine. Ruben Randall's only a touchdown machine. Brandon Myers has looked good. Touchdown in each of the last two games. Uh, that's, pretty much the, that's pretty much the jump. You like Keenan Allen this week, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. against This matchup against the Giants on the road. Uh, it seems like Keenan Allen uh, and Phillip Rivers, uh, they just really connect at home. It, the, if you look at his points, uh, they just go through the roof when they're playing in uh, in San Diego. Yeah. Well, I could see him getting his yards. Uh, he could have 120, 130 yards. He'll likely need the yards because no receiver has scored on the Giants in six straight games. I don't know what's going on with Woodhead. Woodhead was a top running back for a while there. Then all of a sudden, Ryan Matthews gets healthy. You believe in Ryan Matthews down the stretch, Kurt? Um, I, I've been burned so often by Ryan Matthews. I don't know what to believe anymore with that guy. Um, I do have him in a dynasty. I am running him um, every week now. Um, I mean, the guy's got talent. We know that. And as long as he stays healthy, he'll be all right. No tight end has reached 55 yards against the Giants since week six, but they have scored in each of the last two weeks with three total scores from Jason Witten and Logan Paulson. Uh, so they can get the touchdowns, but you got Ladarius Green as this little monster, this young guy that we've been waiting to watch, and, and he's looked pretty good over the last three weeks. He has nine catches for 200 yards and two touchdowns, and Kirk is starting him in his championship lineups. Sunday night game, the Panthers at the Saints. What do we uh, what do we see from this game? Well, look, if you have Cam Newton, you probably have to start him unless you have somebody. Look, I am of the opinion that you look for another option like a Josh McCown this week. again. I mean, Cam Newton's been a monster. He's been on fire. But the Saints at home, they were just destroyed. I, I'm looking. I'm thinking that I would probably uh, look for another option because I think this night, this, this uh, and Cam Newton's been fantastic. Am I crazy, Kurt? I mean, this is the Saints. They're, you're going to catch them in a ticked-off moment. Yeah, I mean, they just got embarrassed on national TV, and they're coming home to play in their dome. Um, and this is a... Uh, a division game, and Panthers are hot. Um, you know, I like what I've seen from Cam this year. He seemed to have a lot of maturity compared to what we saw last year. Um, yeah. But I think uh, I think it's a tough game. And if I had, it depends on the other option is, um, you know, someone like Foles, I'd probably run Foles over him. Yeah, Foles for sure. Yep, Foles for sure. Uh, the Saints have allowed a running back to score uh, in seven of the last or or ten fantasy points in seven of the last nine games. D will. Looks like he's going to get the start, interestingly enough. Uh, Jonathan Stewart is back as well, but you've also got uh, Mike Tolbert, so that's Tolbert. still a mess. Yeah. Olsen, I do like Olsen. Tight ends have scored in two of the last three against the Saints. This game should be Drew Brees. Uh, it should be Pierre Thomas, yep. and it should be Jimmy Graham, right? I mean, Mike, is there anybody else to think about? No, no. I, You know, it, it's like what uh, Kurt just said. Uh, this is a ticked-off team right now, and uh, I really see uh, – New Orleans, uh, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they win by 10. But uh, don't get me wrong, Carolina, I mean, they're the hottest team in the NFL right now. But New Orleans is a ticked-off team. And <laughs> Rex or Rob Ryan, I mean, he's going to have that defense ready. They're going to be ready to play. They're, they're going to confuse uh, Carolina to the point of no return. So I really see uh, New Orleans just uh, getting a lot of fantasy points. A lot of fantasy points. Chad in the chat room uh, says Cam or Wilson for Kurt. Cam or Wilson? Oh man, I would probably, I'd probably go, I'd probably go Cam. Okay, I, I, I said love Wilson, Wilson, but 
I mean, I like what I'm seeing from Cam this year. There's no more hangdog, making yeah. excuses, asking for suggestions. Box. There's a sense of maturity, um, throwing yep. the ball with more conviction. He, he's and in the press. Running. I'm sorry. Yeah. And in the press, he looks more. He's more mature in the press. You're not. They're yeah. not baiting him into those questions like they were last year. You know. Yeah, like we're seeing uh, Robert Griffin Jr. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Wilson's the type of guy that's all, sitting on a bad game, and then in the fourth quarter he throws for two and runs for one. I mean, that's how Wilson yeah, yeah. is just such a playmaker, and he doesn't care who he throws to. This last game, Cowboys oh, at the Bears, it's another start-everybody kind of game. What a way Get to finish in. Week 14. At the end of Week 14, we're going to have a new leader in the World Championship and a Rota Bowl, and it's going to be off of a big offensive game in Cowboys and the Bears. You said Mike Santos is going to this game. Uh, what would you like to say to him so he can listen in? Mike, I figured out the code, so I'm going to make my own lineup changes now. <laughs> Kurt has the uh, Kurt has the passwords. Uh, we're, getting ready the password. to play, we're getting ready to play rapid fire here on Red versus Blue. This is word association, Kurt, so you probably like this. Okay. Uh, rapid fire is just the first word that comes, uh, first answer that comes to your mind. We move on to the next question. Gotcha. We don't do a lot of analysis here. Uh, okay. Ready to play? Sure. Okay, rapid fire. Which running back has the stronger finish for fantasy owners, DeMarco Murray or Reggie Bush? Kurt. DeMarco Murray. Mike. Murray. I say Murray, too. Giovanni Bernard or Bobby Rainey this week? Kurt. I'm going uh, Gio, my bingo. Gio. Mike. Gio. Gio. Oh, it's a, it's a trifecta, Giovanni Bernard. I love Rainey, dude. Uh, EJ Manuel or Mike Glennon this week? Kurt. Um, I'm going to go with Glennon. Mike. Glennon. Glennon. Okay. I'm taking the Road Warrior, E.J. Manuel, for 202. d or Gordon this week? Um, you know what? I'm going to go with d Mike. Gordon. Okay. Gordon. I'm going d to uh d in a big, big way. Nick Foles in that same game against the Lions or Cam Newton, who we just talked about, and I think you already answered that one, Kurt. You said Foles. Mike? Nick Foles. Okay, good. Riley Cooper or Roddy White? Mike? Uh, Riley Cooper. Cooper. Okay, it's a trifecta for Riley Cooper. Uh, Michael Floyd or Zach Stacy? Who would you prefer in Dynasty? Michael Floyd or Zach Stacy? Kurt. Michael Floyd. Mike? Ooh, uh, wow. Um, Zach Stacy. Yeah, as soon as you buy a Zach Stacy jersey, you'll never hear from him again. Ray Rice, over <laughs> or under 14 fantasy points this week? Kurt. Over, he gets 16. Ooh, Mike. Yeah, I say over. Uh, I said it earlier in the show. I, I kind of like him in this game. Over. Yeah. Okay. We're all going over on that. They play each other quickly. Oakland D or Jets D this week. Kurt. Oakland D. E. Mike. Oh, wow. Oakland. Yeah. Uh, sure. That's a J-E-T-S time. <laughs> it's, a, it's on again, off again for the Jets. Alshon Jeffrey or Josh Gordon, who would you rather have in Dynasty? Kurt. Uh, I'm going to go Josh Gordon. Mike. Oh, I would go Alshon because of uh, what's ahead of him. Alshon, I'll go Alshon. Yeah, I say Alshon too because of the suspension factor. Last one, better fantasy player, Mike Santos or Chad Schroeder? Kimra. I think uh, if you look at how uh, they're all ranked in the big stakes there, I think it's uh, Chad. Yeah, yeah. He's, but look uh, out, Mike's boy, on he, your heels. He has a way of charging down the stretch. But, Chad, I did get you finally in a classic, buddy. I finally got you. Kurt, you were a great guest. Thank you for staying over and, and, and Thanks, doing some Kurt. overtime here. 
Hey, no problem. Good luck to everyone in the, the postseason. May you all be healthy. Hey, all right. I appreciate it, Kurt. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. Kurt Kikis, uh, one half of Coyote Assassins and partner with Michael Santos. Great guest. I love that last question. And a veteran of high states. I had to get that in. And it was a good answer, a better that answer than great. the question uh, when he brought up yeah. uh, Kimra because uh, uh, they're all yeah. in the Commander League, and what a league that's been. Well, Mikey, good luck to you, my man. You've been doing very well in Rotoball. Congratulations. You've had a very good year. Yeah, so uh, thanks, sir. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, we're just going to keep moving forward. Uh, you know, I just can't uh, I can't tell you enough and uh, tell everybody enough how much uh, fun it is uh, to go 13 weeks. And everybody needs to realize that, uh, you know, the, these games, 11 week is not a season. 13 week is a season. And it's it's so cool. I mean, that was that, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, good luck. good luck to you. You've done very, very well. Very proud of you. You did a $2,000 Rotable winner, man. That's a big, big deal. So congratulations, and uh, get them in the stretch run, man. Good luck. That's what we're going to do. Thanks, Scott. All right, to everybody, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, go over and uh, check out the High Stakes Fantasy Hour. Those guys are doing their show probably right now, and uh, we will see you next week on Red vs. Blue. Talk to you then. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.